to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker. Joining me as always, uh, as we, we're finally done our previews of all 32 NHL teams. And uh, Justin, how, do, how does it feel to know that, uh, that you know, we've given our predictions and we're going to be spot on in all those predictions throughout the entire year? Yeah, you know, it feels fantastic to know that I'm always right about every team every year. And quite frankly, if you want to pay me a hundred bucks, I will gladly tell you who the Stanley Cup winner is going to be this year. Yeah, you know, last year I think it was our preview of the Philadelphia Flyers that I said that they were a lock for the playoffs. Was that last year? Or was that the year? That before? was last year. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think the problem was that it my my abilities got a little mixed up. It was actually supposed to be for this year, the year where nobody thinks they're going to make the playoffs. Oh yeah, that they're you know five two and two, um, good for them. Uh, definitely the the luckiest team thus far, uh, as far as you know, all the Carter Hart stood on his head. And I don't know, it's between Philadelphia and Winnipeg. Which team has which team has uh, has leaned on their goalie more heavily, Winnipeg or Philadelphia? I'm not sure. Oh, I'll go Winnipeg all day. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Connor Hellebuck has uh, held them in there. That's for sure. Um, Okay, so on today's show, we are going to talk about un, unmet expectations. Uh, you know, we, we just did our previews, and now it's time to just go, well, uh, let's throw those out the window, because to some respect, some of these teams that we thought were, uh, you know, going to be struggling, they've done really well, and vice versa. And I think on today's show, we're going to talk about those teams that have struggled out of the gate and... I'm not talking Arizona. I'm not talking about San Jose or Anaheim. We knew that those teams were uh, were bailing for the bottom. They were they were they were destined to be at the bottom of the standings come the end of the year. The expectations were low, and that's fine. We know what they're doing. It's uh, it's lose it all for Bedard here. So we're talking the teams that we said these these guys are going to be in the playoffs, maybe win a division. Uh, contending for a playoff spot, something where these teams were trying to get into the playoffs and uh, thus far are on the outside looking in and uh, maybe things are looking looking worse for some than, rather than others. Uh, Justin, where do you want to start? What, what team well, we'll, you know, we'll get to all of them, but what team stands out to you first and foremost? Um. So I, I had a few teams that I was just like, you know what, I had circled and I said, this is, would be a good place to start. But you know what, I think I'm just going to, since you asked, Mark, I'm going to narrow it down to one and I will start with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, the Blue Jackets, Where? what were your expectations coming into the year for the well, Blue Jackets? For me, the Blue Jackets really... I mean, yes, they went out and they got the big free agent acquisition, right? They, you bring in Johnny Hockey, you've got Patrick Liney extended. You think, okay, good. This team's got a, a legit shot. They've got a good rookie coming, a couple good rookies with Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson. You think, okay, this team, if maybe their goaltending can get it together, right? You think that they can put together some wins. They've got a good enough defense, uh, good enough offense on paper. Everything seems like they could be a bubble team. Um Boy, was I wrong about that. And I think that's where I, I kind of had them, right? Kind of a middling bubble, bubble team. And, um, boy, they, they have certainly disappointed. This team looks like they're just lost out there defensively. They can't, obviously, Merce Licken 
can't seem to stop a puck. And I, I kind of feel bad for them because, uh, boy, they they lead the league right now as far as goals against are concerned. And tied, I'm sorry, tied, second. tied with uh, L.A., right? Well, no, they're second behind L.A. I'm sorry. Uh, they're tied with Anaheim for second. No, L.A. 33, Columbus 33 goals against, both of them. No, LA's got forty-seven goals against. What? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking right at the standings on NHL.com. It says hmm, goals weird. against forty-seven. So weird. Did I just have? Uh, did, was I just looking at non-up? Yep. Was just looking at standings. Oh my. Oh yeah. Okay. I was just so sorry. I, I'm I'm the worst <laughs> human. I was looking at. I have some tabs still open. For, yep. Okay. See, I have two standings tabs open. One is from now, and the other one is from last week when we did our show. <laughs> Like, damn it. No, they have the moat. Yeah, okay. Well, at least you admitted it, right? So, no. Okay, so they're tied for second in goals against. But, um, I mean, listen, I, I again, I, I figure this team defensively on paper looked all right. I mean, between Zach Wierenski, um, you know, and the rest of that that amazing cast back there. I'm just kidding. Not amazing. But, um, you know, I, I, granted, again, you know, Gabranson was a bit of a head-scratcher signing. But you figure between Jake Bean uh, you know, some of the, the younger guys they have coming up there in, the, in that system, Andrew Peak, maybe if you want to throw him in there. Um, you know, you figure they could get it done. And I, and I figured Elvis Merslicken, you know, wasn't the worst goaltender last year, but he certainly wasn't great. And I figured, you know, he was in a prime position to bounce back. I figured Corpusalo, you know, again, would, would have an opportunity to bounce back this year. And uh, granted, he hasn't played yet this year, but, you know, he would be primed for that being in a contract season. So, um, you know, right now it just, boy, it, it doesn't look good. They've got Tarasov, who, you know, again, five games, almost three, you know, a little over three and a half goals against average. It's just been, it's been hard to watch. They just look lost. They look like they just, they're just well, skating around in circles out there. Elvis Merzlikens Mer- Mer- is dead last in the NHL for right. goals saved above uh, uh, expected, and that is a minus eight point seven goals in seven games. Every game he's giving up an extra goal. I mean, that's tor- that is just going to torch you. Uh, and out of those seven games, only one of them, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Only one of them was considered a quality start. Uh, the, the only goalie with more really bad starts, which is, it's funny that there's actually a, a stat really bad starts, but <laughs> I do like uh, that. Thatcher Demko and Martin Jones both have three whereas uh, Merzlikin has two of those, too. So uh, things are not looking good for the Blue Jackets. I'm not putting it all on their goaltenders. Uh, I, I know no, but he's, I think he's Vancouver, having a rough start. but Yeah, uh, I think you look at Vancouver when Quinn Hughes has been out and, uh, you know, again, Columbus, right? Same thing. They had that, that star defenseman back there, but I think when, when those guys aren't there or, for instance, Zach Wierenski's not playing well, it shows you just how bad the rest of this defense is. And as a team, right, they just they don't have a system in place that really supports when your star players are out. Like, for example, with Boston, right, they lose Charlie McAvoy. And, you know, again, they have more talent up front and better goaltending. But still, they have systems in place to kind of help keep the ship afloat. Yeah, Boston's like the opposite. Everyone's injured and they're the best team in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they are... They've been hands down, in my opinion. I I know that Vegas is tied with them for points, but Boston has just been hands down. They they've been the best team in the league so far through ten yeah, games. Absolutely. They they have been unbelievable. I mean, Brad Marchand comes back and 
gets three points in this first game. And then, Uh. yeah, I know they they give him the day off. Like, they're not going to play him back-to-backs, I think, until – it sounds like until until at at least after Thanksgiving, but maybe even longer. Um, And from my perspective, you're sitting at 9-1. and Why not? Why? It doesn't matter. Uh, I think at some point we'll get to the point where we start to go, do we really need to play our star players every single game? You know, and those back to backers could, it could get interesting eventually, you know, just like we have with goalies. Uh, but uh, I, I digress. Uh, Boston's been really good, quite the opposite of uh, the problem the Blue Jackets are having. Uh, but the, the Blue Jackets just have not been able to, I mean, line A only playing four, four games so far, you know, he was, he was hurt early on. That doesn't help. Uh, what this team does, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think ten games in that Goudreau's regretting leaving the Calgary Flames for this mess? I don't know if he's regretting it. I think he, you know, you have to be realistic, right? When you when you sign up, right? You have to look at this team and you say, okay, cool. Jack Rocklevit or Roslevic and and Boone Jenner are your top two, you know, centers, right? So realistically, that there was no expectation of them having a top line center to feed him the puck. So you think, okay, cool. You know what? This team's not going to compete for a Stanley Cup. Um, they'll compete for a playoff spot, right? I mean, that had to be his expectations coming in. You think, as Johnny Hockey, I would assume, just say, hey, you know what? I'll give him a little boost offensively. And um, and I'm sure everyone, think, like someone of his caliber, thinks I can go to that team and get them into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Absolutely, like, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but again, you know, I, I think realistically he has to know that, you know, again, the goaltending wasn't that good last year. So, um, you know, you hope that you can, you know, add enough to get them in the playoffs at least to where, um, you know, maybe they make a move for a center or maybe next this offseason, you know, they go and sign a number one center and then they're ready to compete, right? So maybe that's your expectations if you're Johnny Hockey. I think, you know, again, he hasn't been all worldly. He hasn't been, you know, No, he's amazing. been fine. Yeah, he's yeah. he's been fine. He's, he's, just, he's just out there on an island. Uh, you know, something that is... I know it's early. I know we're only 10 games into the season, but it is interesting to note that there is not another team in the Eastern Conference that has a losing record at home. Only the Columbus Blue Jackets have a losing record at home. Literally no other team even is is even 500 at home. Every single team is above 500 at home except the Blue Jackets who are 2 and 4 at home. That's and, crazy. And I I was noticing that you know, outside of even the even some really bad like team, uh, which which sorry, that means that teams away away records are bad, and they are. You know, Pittsburgh, right. Pittsburgh, three zero and one at home, one four and one away. Like that's a different team. Toronto, three and one at home, one three and two away. Uh, I I think what it tells me is perhaps you know maybe by the end of the year we we we're not looking it up uh, again Ottawa Senators 4 and 1 away from home 0 and 4 uh so i think probably at the end of this you look back and you go okay everything kind of normalized its way out that's likely where where it ends up but maybe this is uh something to to look a little closer at next year is you know through the first 10 games maybe playing away from home in the beginning of the season is actually harder. Like it's the time of year where you want to be home. It's still, you know, the, the things are starting out school's starting for, for certain, you know, there's, there's, it's just, 
it's a good time of year maybe to be home or or it's just you got used to not having to travel for a few months and now all of a sudden you're traveling and you you get these big long road trips you know you do the california road trip or something early on and you're just not in the zone yet i i wonder if that's something that we can go back and and trace you know if 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 it's uh having an impact early on because it so far in the standings it has right and you know what one other stat too i know i I love the fact that you pointed out that they are the only team with a losing record at home but uh, another stat that i found just amazing um and why I, i i decided i wanted to start with columbus was the fact that they are the only team in the nhl that has yet to score on the power play and you think with the firepower between Voracek, Nyquist, Goudreau, Leinig, they could have mustered one freaking goal by now, but it has not happened. Yeah, that is crazy. I didn't I didn't realize that. Wow, that's I mean there there is only what one other team one team with fewer goals for, and that's the St. Louis Blues, who have played two <laughs> two fewer games as well. But uh and and the Blues have also allowed fourteen fewer goals. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the Blues have. Uh, ha- I I want to get to the Blues next. Uh, losing yes. their last five games. Uh, we'll we'll get to them. But yeah, the the Blue Jackets. I think for me, the Blue Jackets are they are worse than they're having a worse start than I would expect. I don't I don't expect at the end of the year for them to have a three hundred points percentage. Uh, I think what would a a three hundred a three hundred point percentage would put them with like less than thirty points at the end of the year, right? Boy, I don't even know. I mean, yeah, thirty percent. Yeah, ten because ten percent of eight. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, it's it would be ten percent of a possible. Uh, or sorry, thirty percent of a possible hundred and sixty-four points. So that would be like forty-eight points. Is, is where they would be at about 40 just crazy under 50 points is what they're on pace for right now that's just i mean and they are really they are like they they have just been bad the only team with worse is the st louis or the san jose sharks who have a 292 uh points percentage um Ooh. anything else you want to say about the blue jackets is there a way that they can pull themselves out of this do you think that they will or is this is this what we're going to see through the year I mean, I think eventually, with with that talent they have, at least at the forward position, um, I think they'll figure it out a little bit. Um, whether or not they can crawl back into playoff contention is a whole other story. Yeah, I, I think but, they're already gone. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's gone. I would probably. I think say I think your 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 uh, your best bet is to is to say Sayonara to Gus Nyquist, and the faster you can ship him off and get get as much as possible for him, because I think he. You know, top six forward is going to fetch you something pretty good for this upcoming draft, and uh, I think that's where the the blue get blue jackets should spend their spend their time preparing for the next draft. Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good, and especially you know, again, if the goaltending is anything similar to what it was last year, it's going to be even harder to to yeah. you know climb out of that hole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's go from the last place team in the Metro to the last place team in the Central. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, not the team we expected to be the uh, the cellar dweller over here in the Central, and yet they have uh, somehow 
Arizona and Chicago are just outpacing St. Louis, Nashville, and almost Colorado for Chicago <laughs> uh, this this early on. I, I think we'll use this time. We'll just kind of sit in the Central here for a minute because uh, the Central's really – I mean, Dallas, I think we all expected them to be there. And really, other than Dallas, no one's played particularly well. I'll say even hmm. Winnipeg in second place, they have relied so heavily on Connor Hellebuck that it, it's it's hard to say that they've had a really good start. I mean, they're 5-3-1. and one. Uh, they, Their offense doesn't look great, but Connor Hellebuck does. I mean, so far, he's if the Jets end up in this position and we keep going the way we're going, uh, he's probably the one winning the Vesna when all is said and done. Uh, I know he's... He's what four and two, four two and one in seven starts, six and a half goals saved above expected, which is good for sixth right now. Uh, but I think I think we're gonna. This is this is likely the resurgence of Connor Hellebuck. We talked about that in our preview for the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, onto the Blues. We're talking Blues. What the heck's going on with the Blues? Uh, I mean, they can't score. Well, they can't stop the puck either. There's no goals. Oh. I I mean, uh, they're allowing what? Well, yeah, I guess almost three goals a game. But that's, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not anything crazy or outrageous right. compared to the rest of the league, right? I absolutely agree with you. But, um, yeah, the scoring part, and it's funny. The minute they hand out large contracts to Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, those guys go flat, those, right? Yeah, I mean, those two guys just dried right up. Yep, I, and I know because I have Jordan Cairo on my fantasy yeah, team. Yeah, I have, I have Robert jack. Thomas on two fantasy leagues, <laughs> and he's been absolute garbage. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's rough for yeah. sure. You know, and and when you take a deeper dive, you know, first off, I think the first thing that comes to everyone's mind is going to be, well, Vili Huso left for Detroit, who uh, – I you know flash up to to what Detroit's been able to do so far. I know that they've lost more than they've won, but they are doing exactly what they hoped they would be doing, and that is sitting in a position to contend for a playoff spot. They're doing just that. They've been in almost every game that they've played, and they're playing good enough to win. And Vili Huso is as won what almost every has he won every game uh, that Detroit's won. Yeah, I think so. Like I that. think he's won all the games. I think that uh, that Nadelkovich has lost every game he's played in so far this year. Uh, but when you think about the Blues, you got to like first we're going goaltending because Jordan Bennington has once again been terrible. Eight eighty two save percentage. Thomas Grice, who's obviously playing for the same team, a nine fifteen save percentage. But they both have the same exact goals against. So, so there's some disconnect here for St. Louis and, and Jordan Bennington. Did I lose you, Jason? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, sorry, I thought I, I lost you. Yeah, yeah, you cut out for a minute. I heard but, a little uh, beep. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> so did I. I thought that was just on my end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jordan Bennington has not been um, nearly what they needed him to be, right? And what they're paying him to be at this point. And, um, you know, again, I, I think last year and even during our, our season previews, we, we kind of talked about how, you know, Huso kind of masked a lot of their defensive inact. I, I don't know what the word Inadequacies, would be for it, but yeah. uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, you know, outside of Falk and Krug, 
you know, they played fairly well, but um, boy, I, I think, you know, when you look down, down the line at Perenko, Letty and what they have on that back end, at least, you know, by namesake, you've, you figured you'd be getting a lot better defense than, than what you've gotten out of it. And so is it the defense? Is it the goaltending? I think it's a little bit of both. And well, and you know, it's when been, you Justin, it's unbelievable. Jordan Cairo is a minus 13. We're only eight games into the year. He's a minus 13. I, yeah. And I, I, I understand plus minus is not everything that, you know, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. But come on, the, the like, Patrice Bergeron light, Ryan O'Reilly, he has one goal and is a minus 11. I, I, you're, I don't know right. how the Blues I mean, are going to win with any of this happening. Like, it's not as if, and you know what? Some of these, some of the guys who have scored for them, like Braden Shen, he's got 22% shooting. Justin Falk, 11.5%. That's not happening for a defenseman. I, I mean, this is not good for the St. Louis Blues. And it's almost as if maybe this is imploding faster and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just more quickly than we thought. I think the the loss of different players over the years, maybe this is the culmination of it all. Losing Alex Petrangelo, David Perron, you know, these, these old, like... Uh, Tarasenko and and Justin Falk and some of these guys that are perhaps just kind of coming to the end of their effective not not the end of their playing career but the end of being guys who you can really lean on and rely upon I mean it's just it's not happening for this team at all no I mean listen after when you look at it right I mean when it when you get past Robert Thomas who's fourth on this team in scoring with six points in eight games it drops off tremendously, right? The next best is three points. Now, you know, again, Pavel Bushnevich hasn't been there the whole entire season, only three games. So um, I think at some point, right, you might have to look at this because this is a team that you and I both had in contention for Stanley Cup or at least going deep in the playoffs, making a good run. And, um, you know, the way they pushed Colorado a little bit last year, right. you think, okay, cool, if they can uh, – you know, maybe just take it to, you know, Robert Thomas, Cairo can just go to another level and maybe Bennington gets back to form a little bit, right? They could potentially be a threat in the West. And, um, you know, I think at some point, realistically, you might have to look at this and say, okay, um, you know, I, I think they, they might have in mind who they who they want to keep, right, as far between Riley and, and Tarasenko are concerned. But maybe at some point they, they pull the trigger on one of those guys and make a deal and you know, say, hey, we got to ship one of them out and maybe try to get a piece back that can, you know, contribute a little bit here, right? Maybe just a change of scenery. Other teams might be willing to take on Ryan O'Reilly, right? Even though he's not producing and just say, hey, you know what? We're going to slap you in in a, you know, a lesser role on the third or second line and and let you, you know, go to work. And I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to fix this team, to be quite honest, because again, on paper, everything's there that this team should, should need to be competitive. And, you know, I, I've watched a few games and I don't really, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's not like you can point to the goaltending or the defense and just say it's one or the other, but I just, I just don't think anybody's really, really cutting the mustard. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you consider what's happened so far, I mean, my mind just goes straight to the defense because, you know, you sign Nick Letty to that big deal. It's clear. Nick Letty's not a $4 million defenseman. Uh, Not that he's a, he's not bad, but he just, I, I think that he's probably a little overrated in that sense. Colton Pareko just he he's not I think they were hoping that he could become Alex Petrangelo light. And he's just not. He has not become that. He's 
he's a decent defenseman. Uh, he's probably a four million dollar defenseman being paid at six and a half million. Uh, and Tory Krug, Justin Falk, you brought you brought both of these players in to be the catalyst for a great power play. Uh, Justin Falk is having a decent start to the year. I mean, he's he leads the the team in points with nine. Uh, he's and also with tied for uh, the most goals with three. Uh, Justin Falk on pace for about 35 goals right now. Uh, <laughs> but you got to, like, it just doesn't, it seems to me like maybe the Blues have kind of hit this, like, all right, we've, we have retooled and retooled so many times. And now we put a lot of eggs into the basket of Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And maybe these guys, they're good. They're they're good. There's no doubt they're good. Uh, but now they're being leaned upon a little bit more with David Perron being gone. I think you're seeing how important David Perron was to this team. To be frank, oh, absolutely. And I, I look. The, and we the, talked about that. We we said that it yeah. would it likely is going to have an impact, especially on their power play. Absolutely. And and I think the big indicator for me is looking at the time on ice per game that the coaching has been giving these defensemen and forwards, right? I mean, look, Colton Perenko and Nick Letty, um, you know, are playing over 22 minutes a game each. And I, I think that needs to go down. I think really you need to lean on Krug a little bit more, who's only at 19 minutes a game. Um, you know, Justin Falk at almost 23 minutes, I think that's fine. Um, but I'd like to see less of Letty, more of Krug. And and then, of course, you know, Robert Thomas and Kyrou are both playing 19, 20 minutes each. And I think, you know, again, when you look at a guy like, for, for example, Braden Shen, who, who's been playing pretty good, you know, for this team, nine points through eight games, play him a little bit more, right? Give him some more ice time. Take that away. Give Tarasenko some more ice time. And don't lean on Cairo and Thomas as much as you have been. You know, give some of these other vets an opportunity to really, because those are the guys, you know, when you're when you're struggling as a team, right? I, I look at Pittsburgh right now. They've been struggling lately, um, you know, ever, ever since that hot start. And I think when you have veteran guys like Crosby, Malkin, for example, you know, here on St. Louis, you know, you have your Braden Shens and your Tarasenkos. You lean on those veterans to help dig you out of these holes because they know what it's like. They've been there. They've gone through these rough patches. And so um, you allow those to be the players that bring you back out of it versus trying to rely on young guys who just aren't equipped yet to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just have to, you go and you look, it's, I mean, it's five on five is the big problem, right? Like their, their penalty and it was kill, last year, their penalty, right. Their penalty kill is, is right somewhere in the middle. Uh, their power play is still a top 12 power play. And, uh, at twenty three percent, it's it's fine, but then you get to five on five, and you go, oh crap! I mean, they're they're twenty seventh in the league in five on five scoring chances. I, I mean, that's there you go. There's your first indicator that things are not going well. That the other teams below them, the Jets, the Wings, the Flyers, the Ducks, and the Coyotes, all teams that we had out of the playoffs ultimately in our uh, in our previews, and they uh, things are just not not clicking for them five on five. And I just don't think that they have the horses to do it anymore. I think that a lot of these guys who they've used on their power play, who are effective on the power play, just don't have the speed five on five to keep up anymore. And I think that that's Tarasenko to an extent. That's definitely Ryan O'Reilly. Braden Shen only has nine shots on goal through eight, eight games. Yeah. Averaging less than a shot per game from your, like from one of your top six centers. I mean, it's bad things are not, are going to happen when no one's shooting the puck, and 
that, right? that's and the one guy who is shooting the puck, Jordan Cairo, he he's tied with with Falk for the team lead in shots. He's got 26 shots, but only three goals. So it's it's not working for him. So maybe he needs to, you know, like I said, and that, lessen the minutes. You know, and some of that can be. I, I mean, we've seen it with like an Austin Matthews too. There, there's always players who start the season slow. You know, and that sure. just is what it is. Sometimes you're unlucky, you know, things just aren't going in. And then all of a sudden everything just starts to go in and you score, you know, five goals in six games kind of vibe. And, and then you're all of a sudden back on track. And that's just, that's generally how it works. But the problem is it's just five on five. There's nothing happening for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, as far like their expected goals for uh, five on five is... 29th in the league. The only teams behind them are the Ducks, the Flyers, and the Coyotes. They are in oh. some uh, unique company for what they've for what they've seen because it's not like the St. Louis Blues to uh, to just be this dead coming out. Uh, at least the last couple of years. I mean, we've seen them. Hey, we've the year they won the Stanley Cup. They finished. They were last place January first, and they won the cup. So. Um, but something that's even more concerning is you look at high danger chances uh, that are leading to goals. The Blues are eighth worst in the NHL. Like things are just not going right five on five, and eh, it's why the goaltending looks so bad because the defense isn't just is not playing very well either. Um, and I don't know, you know. It, when Craig Berube won the Stanley Cup in, what was that, 2016 they won the Cup? No, 2017. Yeah. And uh, the league's changed a lot. It's crazy, but the league has changed a lot in the last five years. Sure. And this might be a situation where uh, not just the head coach, like the head coach was hired for that team, right? Like he was brought in midway through the year uh, or given the reins midway through the year and and I know he just signed an extension uh, about n- nine months ago, but he was brought in to coach that particular team in that particular style, and things have gotten much faster. And frankly, you know, not only from him, but it's you're looking at the GM, Doug Armstrong, and you're going, I mean, none of what they're doing outside of, of course, they drafted Kairou and Thomas, and, and he drafted them, so good on him. Uh, but some of these veteran players that they're keeping around continue to slow down. And it's almost like they're trying to hang on to 2017. And, and that was five years ago. That's like a lifetime ago for a hockey player. Yeah. I mean, listen, the NHL has always been, and probably always will be a copycat league. Right. And you, uh, you know, you look at what's been successful Tampa Bay, right. The last couple of years they've had speed, right. That's been, uh, you know, a huge part of their success, but they've also, you know, had the shot blocking and, and uh, head depth, right? That's what's you know contributed to their their run of Stanley Cup final appearances. But Colorado last year, right? They just they killed everybody with speed and high powered scoring. Um, and I mean, look, if you compare that to what St. Louis has, St. Louis definitely doesn't have the speed of Colorado. They definitely don't have the scoring depth that Colorado had last year. And um, you know, I mean, goaltending, for example, too. Even you could go that far and just say, hey, you know what? They they're just not getting what Darcy Kemper was given Colorado last year. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's let's just scoot just a little bit up in the central. Uh, we'll we'll just spend just a couple minutes here in the Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville starting off three six and one, not a good start. 
is this the result of overvaluing all these players that had career years last year, or is this just a blip? No, I, I think it's a little bit of a blimp. I, you know what? I think they got off to, I mean, listen, their top players, Ryan Johansson, Duchesne, Granlin, Forsberg, these forwards, they're all playing decent hockey, right? I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, we're going to see again a, a team with a ton of 40 goal scores on it. But, you know, I think they've been getting some pretty decent contributions from their top guys. But what I think the difference is between this year and last year is last year they were getting a lot of depth scoring. I mean, listen, you had Tanner Juneau with 41 points. Um, you know, you had, you know, Alexander Carrier, 30 points, Sissons. These guys were all contributing both offensively and defensively. All threw up their, throughout their lineup, yeah. Right, yeah. And you were also getting the defense chipping in, too. Matias Ekholm uh, was chipping in on defense, and it wasn't just all, um, you know, Roman Yossi. And I think you look at it this year, right? They just haven't got it from from those players down at the bottom of the lineup. And, I mean, look, again, you know, Alexander Carrier, no points through 10 games. Uh, Dante Fabro, again, a top four defenseman, only one point. Uh, Eckholms, again, three points in 10 games. So they're just, the production isn't there. And I think, you know, again, Ryan McDonough, you know, I, I give him a pass because I think anytime you step into a new team, a new system, it's going to take time. Well, and he was um, never, you're not bringing Ryan McDonough in to put up big points. No, no, saying. absolutely not. Yeah, for sure. So uh, again, I think, you know, again, the, just the contributions from guys at the bottom of the lineup just haven't really been there enough for me. And I, I just I need a little bit more, right? If this team's going to be successful, I think the goaltending has also been a little bit suspect too. We haven't talked about that, but um, you know, for me, yeah, you know, I mean, both goalies are uh, are a minus. Well, Lankinen is one goal saved above expected, and Saros is one point five. Saros has started eight games, so that's yeah. Uh, Saros got an eight ninety eight save percentage. I mean, that that says it all right there. There's, I mean, don't get me wrong, the league average among goaltenders, the save percentage is down a little bit this year, but um, you know, still for a guy who's you know supposed to be a, a sixty game starter, and you know he's the next Pecorine for this franchise. It's just not good enough, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, but I, I it's, an eight, it's an eight-game stretch, right? Like, anyone can have a bad sure. eight-game stretch. Uh, I, Yeah, I, I mean, you got to love Nino Niederreiter coming in. He's got five goals in those eight games. He, he's or in ten games. He's played really well. Uh, you, you love to see that kind of production. I I think that the St. Uh, Louis Blues and the National Predators, even though they're Actually, St. Louis is in a better position than Nashville because they Nashville has or St. Louis has two games in hand. Uh, I I think I'm less worried about Nashville because I I think they're they're still in a position to win. They still have Roman Yossi and Saros. Like the, I think this is more or less just a bad start. Whereas St. Louis, I think we're seeing something that's been pretty endemic to what they're doing and last year's catching up with them like a year spent being bad five on five and and still succeeding it's catching up with them now whereas nashville yeah. i think this is just a blip no i agree I, I i mean that's the thing right you have to be you have to be successful five on five if you're gonna you know get anywhere in this league and uh, you know right now nashville i i think has a you know i agree with you i think they have a better opportunity of you know closing the gap, especially with with Saros back there too. That that gives me a little bit more confidence because you know he was phenomenal last year and um, you know Bennington was not. And so if if you're still getting the same Bennington, I, I don't have any confidence that he's going to be any better this year than he was last. Are we giving a pass to the Avalanche uh, like a Stanley Cup hangover? Are we are we willing to just extend them that? 
or are we yeah, concerned? I'll, I'll give you a I'll give you a little pass. I think ten games is okay, but um, I, I know through nine games they've got nine points and they're sitting at five hundred. But uh, one thing that does concern me, if anything at all, um, you know, yes, losing Kadri was a huge blow, and you know, anytime a team has avoided a number two center spot, it's it's hard to continue being successful in this league. But um, the fact that you know, as of yesterday, when I when I looked up the stat. They were dead last in five-on-five scoring in this league. Now, again, like you said, St. Louis is struggling, so that this might have changed a little bit. But um, And it's funny because you look at a team that struggled to score goals last year, the New York Islanders yesterday, I remember seeing they were number one in five-on-five scoring. So, you know, again, what's going on in this league right now? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> um, things, you know, can, again, yeah, things can change 10-game to 10-game stretches. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's not as if, you know, Nichushkin's got 12 points in seven games. He got seven goals in seven games. <laughs> uh, it's not as if uh, they're they're struggling to, to score or anything. Like, I mean, Colorado's got – is averaging more than three goals a game, which, which is about where you need to be to be a playoff team. Uh, I expect that'll go up. I also – my the reason I asked if it was something that we're concerned about is because – you know, beyond that top line of Nichushkin, McKinnon, and Randon, and I know Landis Cog is out, and that certainly is having an impact right now. Uh, but beyond them, they're really like our, there's Arturi Lekkonen and Evan Rodriguez, and it's that's kind of been it. No one else has more than uh, more than a goal outside of there on their forward group, and this is kind of the issue that Colorado has always had in the past with this really top-heavy lineup where there's a very little depth in the top six. And I think probably the next team we'll go to, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're in a very similar boat to the Avalanche with the Avalanche losing Kadri, also being down Landis Cock. That Your bottom six is just not very good because the top six is so loaded with talent. And, hey, that's where you spent all your money. And, and I can't blame them. Uh, it won them a Stanley Cup. Because they had Nazem Kadri too, but uh, is is this going to be a problem? Yeah, um, that's the million dollar question, right? I think ultimately it will catch up with them. Uh, while they might not run away with the division, I think luckily because you are seeing teams like St. Louis and Nashville struggle. Chicago, I, I suspect, is going to come back down to earth at some point, especially once they start their fire sale and uh, you know jettison a lot of their talent. Um, you know, Maybe other I, teams in the league are like, nah, we're not, we're not trading for Kane. This is funny. You guys can't, <laughs> you guys can't lose. <laughs> oh, that would be, hey, that would be terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I think eventually Colorado will, will get it. I don't necessarily say when I say get it together. Um, I think they'll start scoring a little bit more, and especially like, you know, like you said, Landis Cog on the IR. I think that's a huge dynamic shift, especially to your five on five play. I think he had so much to this team that. Um, you know, if you can move Nechuskin down to that second line, that gives you a lot more flexibility. Um, so, you know, again, I, I think at some point Colorado will get it together and move into a top three spot in this division. I mean, right now they're only two points out. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it's not as – I mean, no one's no one's more than a, a couple of wins out of the playoffs, really. Right. And I think, you know, for Colorado, they're just going to ride this wave. They're going to kind of, you know, stay close. They're not going to worry about it too much. They'll get Landeskog back and – you know, if for some reason, you know, coaching can't figure it out. They can't, you know, Bednar, if he can't, you know, turn this team around and get some depth scoring, I think they will make some moves. Now, 
unfortunately for them, they don't have a lot of capital to make big moves, right? They don't have any second or third round picks for this year or next. Um, I certainly can't imagine because of that, they're going to be willing to deal their first round picks. So, um, you know, as far as dealing, you know, young talent, they're, they're a little, a little strapped, you know, because I think, you know, again, um, you know, Bowen Byram is going to be, you know, the the prize that I think everybody would want. And Colorado's certainly not dealing him. So maybe you look at a Samuel Girard at some point. Maybe they say, you know what, shoot, we have to we have to get a number two center in here, right? It's just it's killing us. We're just barely keeping our heads above water. And so that's the move to be made if you decide you want to do it. But for me right now, if I'm Colorado, I'm I'm staying put. I'm just kind of riding this wave and you know hoping that you know again the depth scoring from some guys, you know, like for example. Logan O'Connor, Evan Rodriguez, I, I hope that maybe they can figure out and just do just enough, right? I mean, Evan Rodriguez has gone and scored four goals in the nine games he's played. I mean, he's, he's done fine. You know, that's yeah. – uh, But I, want, I, I need a little bit more out of him, right? And Devin Taves uh, obviously hasn't given you the production, I think, that, you know, maybe you were expecting to him continue to give you like he did last year. But, um, you know, again, four points in seven games is, is not anything to bat an eyelash at either. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Colorado will be just fine. Uh, but yeah, we'll go uh, across the conference over to the to the Atlantic to a team that uh, a lot of people are concerned about right now. They were at the, actually the in in almost every preview I saw had the best at least Vegas odds had the best odds to win the Stanley Cup. The Toronto Maple Leafs sitting in seventh in the Atlantic at four four and two and. The uh, their old West Coast road trip didn't exactly go as planned uh, as they lose four straight. Uh, a couple games in overtime, but uh, blowing the lead against the Anaheim Ducks and almost losing in regulation. Probably should have lost in regulation. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are uh, kind of at a, I'll say, a little bit of an impasse here. Because we we saw the bad start last year, and, and you know, obviously they uh, they turn that around. They end up having the best regular season in franchise history. So there's there's definitely something to that. But you don't have Matthews coming off sh- uh, uh, surgery this year. You and and I, once again, you kind of have Mitch Marner seems to be affected by I'll say the negativity happening around the team and there seems to be some an issue between him and and Sheldon Keefe and we all know what happens when uh if you have to go Marner or Keefe (laughs) right (laughs) I I think it's going to be Marner and uh the Toronto boy and uh but I I don't think that we're trying we're firing you know the Leafs aren't going to fire Sheldon Keefe for a 510 game start I don't I, I don't think that that's the that's the issue um Obviously, I mean, I've watched every game, but from your perspective, what's the issue here? What's the yeah. what's the like the 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 big glaring problem? Well, first off, let me just say I haven't watched nearly every single game, but what I have watched to me, Mitch Marner has been the most consistent player for this team. He's been fine. Um, yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, I, I'd and, say and, that Nylander Nylander's been been and Tavares have been quite good. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, your top guys are still producing good enough. Yeah, right? everyone, I mean, you, everyone's if, basically producing a point per game that's supposed to. Right, and that's the thing. I, I the difference is, is when you look at last year, right? Austin Matthews got off to a hot start, just scoring a hundred goals in five games, and so, um, 
I think that's where the difference is, right? You're just not seeing that that goal scoring from him that you had last year. And and I, I didn't necessarily expect it. I think I put him somewhere in the 45 to 50 goal range uh, again this year that I, I thought realistically would happen. Um, I was hoping that, you know, again, William Nylander would take another step and John Tavares would, um, you know, help out with some of that goal scoring. But, you know, and again, uh, I think when you look at what this team has as far as depth-wise, I think, to me, the biggest concern is on defense, right? Morgan Riley's been doing his part, but when you look past him, I just I haven't really been that impressed with, um, you know, what the rest of this this defense has been able to do. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know if it, you know, you could just point to one particular player or if you just say, you know, hey, this is a coaching issue, right? I think um, – you know, I, I again, think you're I, definitely seeing you're seeing the lack of training camp for Rasmus Sandin. He's not looked sure. He's not looked the best. Uh, slow out of the gate, which I think you know that's that's that it just is what it is. That's what happens. Uh, yeah, is it, it? You know, Mark Giordano. He's been a little. I'd say that he's been disappointing so far. Uh, I I mean he's. He's really the guy with he's a plus six. He kind of leads that, <laughs> but I've seen him make some uh, make some mistakes out there. I just think I mean without Jake Muzzin, uh, this is what it comes down to. You know, it's ten games. It is what it is. There's been some maybe some stupid things that have been said that like it just shouldn't have been an issue. Uh, it's clear that their bottom six is not going to score a goal, like. That's just what it looks like. Every time the every time there's anyone out there that is not the Matthews line and not the Tavares line, it doesn't look like anyone can score. You know, you you've got David Camp who's got a few goals, and Yarn Croak has two, and then beyond that, there's really nothing. Like when I'm watching, I I know Pierre Ingval, he's got one goal. When I'm watching Zach Aston Reese and Nicholas Abe Kubel. And these players that in the preseason and and for what they do, they looked they look effective. You know, they go in and they forecheck and they're and they're fast on the puck and they're annoying to play against. But holy shit, they are they are never going to score a goal. <laughs> they don't look like <laughs> they don't look like they are even capable of of scoring. Well, yeah, and the other thing for for this bottom six is it, it keeps changing all the time. I mean, last year David Camp was just he was always that third line center guy he always was you know playing those defensive minutes and he was very successful at it yes his wingers changed every once in a while but I think there was a lot of consistency on what he was you know producing because he was consistently playing on that third line with similar wingers now um you know yeah yeah and and I think this year you look at you know again Matthews Marner Tavares Nylander those pairs have pretty much stayed the same but their left wingers have swapped pretty much every other game. I feel like I watch and there's, Oh, bunting's up there. Oh, now we've got uh, Robertson. Oh, now Kerfoot's up there. Right. And so it keeps changing. And I think if you want to help with Malgan's playing with them now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think again, if you want to help develop these other players outside of those, those four stars on, on the forward group, right. You need to have some consistency at their left wing side, give them more than a couple games to figure it out. Because again, these four guys are all world talent and, you know, guys that are typically on third lines or playing with lesser centers, it's going to take them a hot minute to, you know, to get up to speed and think at the same pace that those guys do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just wonder, you know, Michael Bunting was with 
with was with Matthews and Marner all last year, and and things went very well for him. Obviously, uh, sixty three points, twenty three goals. Uh, it's not as if he's you know he's not playing terrible, uh, but the results weren't there early, and I think that that maybe Keith kind of hit that panic button a little too soon and is hitting it a little too soon in game, right? Like, right. Like you're midway through the second period and you're already tinkering with your line. So, yeah, I don't disagree. There, there's some of that. Uh, there's there's also the issue with that floating winger on the Tavares-Nylander line, and it makes me wonder, you know, do you – should you split Matthews and Marner up? And and have Matthews playing with, you know, just start to kind of rearrange things here and see if there's a maybe Matthews is so good. Does does he need Marner to be on his wing to be able to be effective? I can he can he be effective with others and, and be a play driver? Same with Marner. I mean, Marner may be uh, thrown in at different parts of the lineup. Maybe it just like you can spread out uh, what you have right now because there just is not very much depth and you're paying these guys so much and that's the reason there's not depth so it's such a hard a hard balance you know you've got four all-world talents and outside of that there's it's like piecemeal yeah i mean now this could all turn around the next 10 games they could win nine of them (laughs) right like i mean it's 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 not as if this team is horrifyingly different than last year the goaltending has been has been great Sam Sonov, a 920 save percentage. Uh, when he's playing, things are good. When Eric Shalgren's playing, things aren't good. He's been horrible. Yeah. He, I mean, well, that's the thing, right? I, I mean, you look at a lot of teams. You look at, for, for example, what a team like the New York Rangers went out and did, right? They got Halak. They got Louis Domingue. A lot of teams are investing a lot of money in that number three goaltender because they realize injuries are going to happen and we need a guy who can come in and play those number two minutes and be productive for us, right? And I think that's one thing, again, you know, Toronto's Achilles heel has, you know, for the last couple of years has always been, you know, people have looked at goaltending and said, we need consistent goaltending. We get rid of Anderson. We get rid of, you know, Morazic. We get rid of, you know, Jack Campbell. And so they bring in Samsonov, but they just didn't really invest in a number three goalie. Well, Sean is their number three goalie. Well, right. <laughs> but again, he's not an established number three. Like when I, when I no, say number three. But they I don't think, have the money to do it. Well, no, who, not necessarily. Who would but you, you could, who would you bring in to be their number three? Well, you could you could go out and go get you know. I mean, you could have gone that's, out and that's, gone and that's, got that's, a league minimum guy. That's better than Shawgren. Oh, I, like I like I said, you know, <laughs> Louis Domingue would have been better than Shawgren in my opinion. I would have you know went out and got him, or maybe even tried to you know bring in. I I mean, I don't think Thomas Christ would have taken a you know a see the, pro- deal, the problem. But, here's the problem too: is you're talking about. We're coming out of the, this is like pulling it out of the hockey world. We're coming out of COVID, like all the craziness. And I think there's a lot. I think there are way more players that go, fuck, I would never play in Canada. I mean, if I were in the NHL, I would not play in Canada. I don't want to live in Canada. <laughs> but based <laughs> off of what just happened, I don't. I wouldn't want to go to Canada. I'd be like, I'm going to go to Florida, <laughs> which is where he went. And and that I think that that absolutely plays plays a factor um is the the whole you know hey we don't want to play in toronto and and particularly toronto i think there's guys that don't want to play in toronto at all 
Uh, so that can, it's not just a matter of like, well, we'll give, why don't they just give that guy league minimum? Well, Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to deal with that market. He might not want to go there for league minimum, but he'll go to Florida for league minimum because he actually makes an extra hundred grand because he doesn't get taxed as much. Right. And doesn't have that media to deal with either. Yeah. I I completely get it. Braden Holt is a free agent. Well, yeah, but does he want to play? Right. But you know, for example, you could go out and, you know, I don't know how you'd, you know, fit this in with your cap, but you know, a guy like maybe, um, you know, so for example, I look at, a well, they do like, have cap you know, space right now because Muzzin, I, from what I understand, Muzzin may be out for the entire year. Yeah. Maybe you make a move at so some you've point. Got 5 million bucks. You go get Anton Kudobin, bring him in right from Dallas. I know, you know, again, they've got injuries they're dealing with, with Ottinger, but you know, I think they would like to move his contract off the books. Um, right now to get that 2.2 that they're currently paying him. And maybe you have him be your third goaltender, right? I think, uh, I, I just don't, certainly... I just don't think they're going to spend too much time in it and resources on bringing in a third goalie when like, yes, Shalgren hasn't been good. Uh, but Matt Murray will be back. Sam Sonov has been really good. He's, he's been completely fine. And the biggest issue is that, Jake Muzzin, your top four defenseman, is out and possibly for the rest of the year. So you have to take his $5 million that's available. Now Lilligren's going to come in uh, when he comes off LTIR in a couple weeks. $1.4 million will go there, which which will help the defense in and of itself. I mean, Lilligren was an effective player last year, but they'll need to weaponize that extra $4 million in cap space and go out and bring in a defenseman. Like, for all the talk of a goalie and the lack of forwards on the in the bottom six, this is probably really comes down to the lack of another defenseman who can who can move the puck and and really drive things from the back end. Like you've got Morgan Riley, TJ Brody doesn't make a mistake. He makes like three mistakes a year, and he's so solid back there. But he's not going to produce offense for you, you know. And and that's kind of the same as Justin Hall. Justin Hall's very similar to TJ Brody. He's not going to make tons of mistakes, but he just isn't going to really move the needle for you the other way. And that's where you're hoping that Rasmus Sandin can de- develop into an offensive defenseman. And he has been slow out of the gate. And so I think really what you got to do is go and get that defenseman to replace Jake Muzzin and make, make and find a right shot defenseman. Probably, <laughs> to because the left side seems to be a little jammed up, and that probably means that Justin Hall is bye bye. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's a lot of issues. Like we talked about the bottom six, there's issues on defense, the back of goaltending position. So there are a lot of issues with this Toronto team. I think that um, you know they can only score their way out of so many of those problems. I think, and right now they're just not doing enough scoring to do that. Um, but luckily for them, I will say, you know, they're in a division where Ottawa hasn't impressed as much as I, I thought they would. Montreal, you know, again, they'll hang around, but I don't think they're going to be super competitive the entire season. And, you know, Detroit is, it, they're a 500 team. They are what they are. And I think, you know, Buffalo's pretty much in that same category. They're a little above 500. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if again, Toronto goes, Toronto goes into, or, uh, Philadelphia comes to Toronto tonight, you know, we're recording this on, on Wednesday. Uh, the Leafs win that game. And one win ties them for a playoff spot in this division. You know, jumps the Florida Panthers for fourth, and suddenly, 
you know, they're not in a much different position than the Panthers uh, or I mean, or really the Lightning. I mean, the the Pittsburgh Penguins are sitting four, four, and two as well. I don't think that anybody is is like, oh, the Penguins are garbage. Like they're undefeated at home. Or, you know, they're they're three zero and one at home. They've gotten a point in every game. And I think this is just the road trips early on. There's something to them. I remember last year too for the Leafs that they did an early California trip, and they they had a poor showing at that as well, and. I think we're just we're only 10 games in and for a team that had 115 points last year that isn't much different than they were like Matthews is going to be fine Marner's going to be fine Matthews shooting 6.3% so that's what what is he uh, career 16% or something like that yeah, yeah 16. I mean those top guys are going to figure it out so I mean right? if he They're was gonna... shooting normal he's got four more goals <laughs> and and if he has four more goals, that's probably that might be two more two wins, you know. And then you're looking at it and you're going, well, the Leafs are six two and two, and no one no one cares, right? Like that's just how razor thin all these margins are. Because I mean, really, you know, you can have a year where things just don't go in as easily for you, and uh, and it really kind of throw off a, a lot. Yeah, so let me ask you this question because I know this is the million-dollar question with this team right now, um, if you're talking panic button. Um, because, again, I, I do think, like you said, those those top four guys are going to you know, get a little bit better, improve a little bit more as the se- season goes on. And so they'll help contribute to a few more goals and a few more wins for this team. But you know, at some point with the, the defensive struggles and the, the issues with the backup goaltending and depth at the forward position on that bottom six – do you maybe have to go out at some point and you say, we want to cut the head off the snake now um, and fix it. And you go out and you bring in a guy like Barry Trotz. I of course know that, you know, Barry Trotz said that he wants to coach an original six team. So Mm -hmm. uh, he was definitely putting it out there. Um, You know, it's 10 games in tour, like, no one's getting fired for a 500 record 10 games in. That's just, we're not there yet uh, because they could win seven of their next 10 and then suddenly, like, and then everything's okay. Uh, I, I don't think that Kyle Dubas is going to be offered the ability to fire Sheldon Keefe. I think that he is going to, it's this is Keefe and Dubis all the way. If Keefe gets fired, I think Dubis will get fired too. So here's what I will say about that because I, I kind of agree with you to the fact because it's well known that um, you know Barry Trotz wants some sort of upper management role, right? Yep. Um, and so you know if Sheldon Keefe or I'm sorry if if Dubis brings in Barry Trotz, he's got to say, well, this guy's clearly gunning for my job, right? So he's not going to bring in a guy like Trotz. Um, who's there to take his his job essentially, or is is looking at that position, right? Because um, you know, again, that's that's basically writing on the wall. So I think the only way, right? I think that this Barry Trotz comes in, anyways, at least him. Um, you know, Shanahan take over, and you have to fire both those guys, right? Mid season. Yep. yep. Um, and so, there would again, there I, would likely be a plan. I think wherever Barry Trotz goes, there's going to be a plan in place for him to become the GM. Yeah, absolutely. Just like I think. Um, you know, quietly, Lindy Ruff, you know, is looking over his shoulder because, you know, Brunette was brought in secretly to, because I do think there was a p- plan in place when you bring in a guy like that to say, hey, 
it, and it, and secretly and secretly the devils were like actually we're just going to be great <laughs> right. yeah yeah we're just gonna we're gonna rope a dope you we're gonna suck for a couple games make you think andrew burnett's taking over and then we're just gonna fuck everybody up so yep <laughs> yep exactly you know but well, well you know i'll say this just to close out our our show today that even it it is early and that we're not at the place where we can go, oh, look at the standings now and, and it'll be the same come playoffs. Uh, we're not quite there yet. But the crazy thing is we will be in like three weeks <laughs> right. come come Thanksgiving. I mean, it's what, like, uh, I think per conference, you're looking at probably seven of the eight teams are decided and that those teams will be the ones that are in the playoffs. So we're, uh, we're three weeks out. And in those three weeks, you know, you're looking at, basically another 10 games and if we're still sitting looking at the standings the same way then yeah i think that sheldon that sheldon keith and dubis might both just get fired we might just say let's get this thing going and uh and move on and i it's just a matter of would it happen mid-season if if things imploded and is Shanahan the one that they go, yeah, I mean, we're going to let you keep leading this out. You know, that's that's the other thing you have to wonder is that, like, how how high up is the restructuring of this team going to go? And I don't think you – I don't think anyone wants to go there because things are so – like, I think the whole Matthews signing – Matthews has to re-sign in Toronto or heads are going to fly everywhere. Like that's oh, the absolutely. number one priority. Keep Matthews for all for all time. Him and Marner, and well, yeah, you do not want thing. this if, thing to fall apart. And then Matthews yeah. doesn't resign. What do you do? You think Marner's going to resign the next year? No, well, Marner, probably not. Yeah, I don't know about Marner. So then shit's hitting the fan at that point. <laughs> yeah, which uh, you know, it's funny how uh, how ten games later you can go from from uh, blowing the whole thing up to oh actually it looks like they'll probably win the Stanley Cup so that's what I'm that's what I'm banking yeah I can't on. wait to revisit this again yes. in three weeks and yes. we can talk about who's real and who's not yes exactly all right well that's our show find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk Justin you have a great night and to our listeners thanks for being here we'll talk to you guys soon